Hello, and welcome to the Drama Club. On this week's episode, the topics are hot. We've got My 600 Pound Life, 90 Day Fiance, Angelica Ross, Debrat, and more. And in our main stories, Steph has got 90s Bombshell, Pamela Anderson, and I've got the end of the Romanoff dynasty. Das Vidanya Babushka. What up, fam? What up, fam? Feels good, right? Feels good, right? <laughs> yeah, I know it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And without further ado, we broadcast live from CA to It's Lady Gaga's birthday. Ooh, happy birthday, Lady Gaga. <laughs> or as they say in France, Lady Gaga. <laughs> Mademoiselle Gaga. Senora Gaga. <laughs> oh no, she's lady. Senorita Gaga. <laughs> Did you see that Mama June was trending last night? I was like, the fuck happened? What, what? did she do? Is she in jail yeah. or what? She got the Rona? But no. Yeah. I she she still has that show, I guess. Oh, really? Yeah. This doesn't that seem like a mistake? Yeah, why are we giving Mama June a mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. after the meth? And the pedophile. And the crack. Don't forget the crack. <laughs> no, don't, can never forget the crack. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Honey Boo Boo's big. Really? Send me a pic. Oh, yeah, she big. Pumpkin actually doesn't look that big. Yeah, they look smaller than Honey Boo Boo. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, she's too young to be that big. Yeah. That's a cute sweater, though. I know. That's what I was going to say. I was like, where can I get that sweater, though? <laughs> hey, I hear Pumpkin has been, like, really stepping up and been the rock of that family, though. Really? Yeah, which is, if you watch Tiny Boo Boo, that shit is crazy. Yeah, that don't make no sense. She's Pumpkin's fucking ridiculous. the pumpkin one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just remember that one baby was born with six fingers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anna's yeah, baby. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. In this economy, six fingers. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> One more finger to put a ring on. Uh, welcome to the drama club. This is the drama club. <laughs> it's just a dramatic time and we're all about the drama. Yep, yep. We're happy to be alive. Happy to have uh, the drama around us, I guess. Girl, I guess. I guess. I didn't sign up for this much drama, but okay. <laughs> This is the podcast about scandals, celebrity gossip, gossip biographies, mm-hmm. music, reality TV, movies, our dogs, sport. Uh-huh. Welcome. Uh, welcome. Yes. Thank you so much. How's everybody doing? We hope you're staying safe out there. Yeah. I uh, hope you're at home, bored. You We're know, here to make it a little bit less boring. You know, who listen I, to us. Talk <laughs> shit. Sorry, May. Listen to me. Interrupt me. You know who I was thinking about? Our listeners who are like truckers. Yeah. Uh, if you're like in shipping or whatever, then I think that's a great job to have right now because literally you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. You just like pull up and then they other people unload yeah, it. Yeah. No contact. And then and then you just take off. Yeah. yeah. So it's a great job or maybe industry to to get into if mm-hmm. you are looking for work yeah and you need to help your family my family's in the trucking industry mm-hmm. i know they're hiring yeah so shout out yeah. to y'all yeah all the heroes out there keeping our society going yeah fucking essential workers yeah shit is crazy out there guys what are you drinking 
what a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Cheers, bitch. Hey, take a see a shot. Take a shot. Hydrate, bitch. <laughs> I saw Not- a, I saw a tweet that was like that son be hitting different since it's illegal now. I know, <laughs> which is so funny because it's true. <laughs> you know, I felt like yesterday I bought some shoes online. <laughs> Why? Where are you going? what the fuck and I was like yeah that's so silly how, exactly I'm not going anywhere but yo all these places are having fucking sales right now yeah don't hey that's irresponsible we can't talk about that <laughs> take that out <laughs> anyway I want some new sneakers because I've been walking around outside a lot you know trying to get that some, is good get some fresh air and I've been fucking up my fucking up my sneakers because I don't usually use them like that like yeah in the mud and in dirt and shit and if you have a pair that you could just kind of like leave in one area, not bring into your house yeah. and stuff, that's yeah. perfect. Exactly. So, or if you're in the market for that, there are sales for that. Yeah. So I want a new, since I'm fucking up these these sneakers that are going to be my designated outdoor sneakers, I want like right. a pair of new sneakers for like when one day. Casual look sneakers. Yeah. One day, maybe we can get out there and go back to the gym, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you don't know, right? Right never know anyway nike's having like 50 percent off yeah uh new balance too uh i think brooks also i just did a little mm. brooks workout on youtube it was all right <sighs> bitch you know about the sales too you be shopping <laughs> <laughs> no hoel needed shoes uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. Cause, yeah no because he started working so <laughs> yeah he really did he could get, <laughs> he, he could get a free pair of crocs uh, he actually just saw that today and they're already gone mm. like you can't get it anymore oh. and then he was like how do you wear that like how do they wear those in the hospital like with the holes because what if you get blood or something spilled on you yeah true but i always see the the doctors with and stuff wearing socks them. yeah with socks obviously but oh, like okay. i always see them wearing but i always think about that too but i think the point is like you can just like hold them off or something you know <laughs> and you can yeah, easily like and there's supposed on. to be crazy comfortable right yeah i think mario batali got all of them that's why that's why there's a shortage yeah fucking mario batali you're a dick (laughs) Uh, uh, excuse me (laughs) coronavirus (laughs) no i got allergies one of the one of the positives i think of this is that we've got cardi at home on instagram all the time and it's fucking hilarious. We man. needed that. <laughs> Did you see her eating the cereal? Yeah. <laughs> she was like, I should be eating sushi right now. She's eating She's cereal. Crying. Yeah. She was like, I should be in a restaurant eating sushi yeah. right now. The funniest thing is that it's cereal. Like, that is so ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> You're so rich. Be still eating cereal. <laughs> I bought cereal when I was in France. <laughs> yeah. Fucking. That's a- perfect snack for like a hotel meal pops no i to bring him back here oh (laughs) (laughs) i busted that shit open i finished it that's my my quarantine snack i don't like cereal let me explain myself okay i never ate cereal as a kid like Mm -hmm. i never had cereal for breakfast my mom always made fucking eggs and Mm -hmm. chicharrones and (laughs) shit so i never ate that growing up and then I don't like milk. So, oh, yeah, like, I just, like, I never, I don't, it's not something that I ever think of or, mm-hmm. like, even cross my mind to eat. So, it's not something I ever really like. 
What Halal about fucking like What about a dry cereal? Because some like, of them okay. slap. Okay, well, honey bunches of oats. Mm-hmm. That's the one Hawaii will buy. Yeah, and that shit does slap as a little sneaky snack. That's, like that's what I buy. Yeah, I mean, but pri- prior to the uh, coronavirus, I used to just stick my ratchet ham yep. in there and like get a little <laughs> bit, you know? Yeah. Now, now we're all, we're all germaphobes and oh yeah, for real. Got to put on an N95 mask and a glove <laughs> to fucking get a little bit of cereal out Ooh, the box. Breaking news. So one of our favorite shows, Succession. <laughs> Close. My 600 pound life. <laughs> oh, this is a close second right there. Close second. I mean, it's fucking about par. Uh, my 600 pound life is in the news right now because they got some drama. Yeah, they are stopping, halting production, right? Yeah, but just yesterday, that in yesterday being Friday, March 27th. So they have still <laughs> been fucking filming this show. <laughs> yes, when the whole world has stopped. And they're literally filming a super at-risk group. Yeah. People with, like, crazy... Um, Pre-existing conditions, whether be it obesity, high blood pressure, diabetes. diabetes. Yeah, you, a lot of them have respiratory issues, yeah. and they are always wearing ventilators and stuff. Yeah. So it was actively filming in Texas, Florida, and Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> TLC, what are you doing? Yes, man. <sighs> and, yeah, they just stopped production yesterday. Yeah that's wild like what come on now everybody just stop what you're doing anything that's not essential my 600 pound life is not essential you don't need to follow let those people stay safe let those people self-isolate uh yeah instead of running around filming them what at the drive-thru we know we know what you do on that show (laughs) yeah yeah so that shit's ridiculous they need to stop we don't need that show that bad (laughs) We do need 90 Day Fiance, though. So whoever's out there. yeah. (laughs) Keep that show going. Darcy, wherever you are. Please, Darcy. (laughs) I need Darcy with a designer mask. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. We need, we do need 90 Day Fiance. They could do it with social distancing. I mean, that show is based on social distancing. Those fiancés don't, they don't meet. 90 Day Fiance is really ahead of the game. (laughs) I mean, it could all be shot via Skype. <laughs> Seriously. Are you watching this season? The before the 90 days? Fuck yeah. Yeah. There's a who is the couple that I like right now on it? Oh, the I gay couple. The gay couple. I love them. The girls? Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, they're so cute. Um I like, let me see. Ooh, I don't like that Australian dude and the stoner girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that girl that from Seattle. That seems sketchy to me. He seems sketchy to me. Yeah, he totally uh, seems sketch. Yeah, I like... Let's see, who else was it? There's the guy who dropped 100 grand on this girl oh. from Ukraine. Oh, hell no, mate. <laughs> that one made me sick to my stomach. That's the one I texted you, and I was like, yeah. I can't believe I'm working like an idiot. <laughs> and this girl gets a guy over text, not even fucking... You didn't even gotta show a boob or nothing. No, she just has to send him dirty emojis every once in a while. That's amazing. Yeah. That girl is like fucking genius. I trust her <laughs> to run the World Health Organization, honestly. Um there's, who else is on it? There's this woman oh. from from Las Vegas who I'm really scared for because she's Me I too. feel like she's getting catfished by this guy Williams. Yeah, that one's really sad to yeah. her story because her husband passed. Yeah. And she like she doesn't want to be alone. Yeah, she just wants love. Yeah, that was fucked. That guy's fucked up. 
um and the the filipino girl with the oh, yeah yeah, that yeah guy with the guy from no San Diego. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that shit that one's crazy yeah it's a good season so far yeah it's and pretty a little good. sprinkle of darcy yeah <laughs> <laughs> that shit's amazing homegirl from the philippines though there was the a couple weeks ago i don't know if it was a couple weeks ago but he asked her to get an std test and she was like, uh huh, uh huh. Okay, let's go together, and you get one too. And he was like, what? No, yeah, <laughs> that was. And then he was like, I don't believe in love. Like he got all fucking yeah. dramatic after that. And I was, I stood up and clapped. I was like, shout out to yeah. you, bitch. You are good for her. Amazing. Yeah, that was fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, what else happened? Oh, Kenny Rogers passed away. Ooh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Island. That was so street. sad. Yeah, and did you see um, Dolly t- uh, sent out a little video? Yeah, she's saying, I will always love you. That will, oh, that just breaks my heart. Yeah. Oh. Amidst, what could get any worse? <laughs> uh, somebody else died, I think, too. Uh, well, lots, lots of oh, people. Oh, that actor, me. He's like a character actor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was from it, um, D- Desperately Seeking Susan. Uh huh. He's also in Succession as Mo Lester. Oh, oh, that's him. Yeah. Uh. And he's in that show You on Netflix, which everybody talks about, and I've never seen though. What's this guy's name? Mark Blum. Oh yeah, that's Mo Lester. Yeah. yeah. That was sad. Yeah. R.I.P. of coronavirus. Yeah. So we didn't talk about this last week, but. There was oh, something yeah. funny that happened on Twitter to actress and trans activist Angelica Ross, who we love. She <laughs> stop. <laughs> she posted to Twitter. Hold on, I'm gonna find the tweet though. Oh, also shout out to JoJo, who's making like great content from her house singing. What really? Yeah, 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 yeah. She made a song about staying at home. She was like, "Stay home right now." Wow. And she was singing Tony Braxton the other day. Jojo could sing. We talked about that before, but Jojo could fucking sing. Yeah, you always, and you always say that <laughs> to me. Like, you're one of the only people I know who always vouches <laughs> for her singing abilities. <laughs> oh, she might have pulled the tweet. Let's see. Yeah, I think she did. Okay, so Angelica Ross from American Horror Story from Pose, she tweeted like uh, a photo of her mans and was like, <laughs> I was like, we just found each other. Uh, wait, hold on. Did I send it to you, maybe? You did. Oh, thank God. I got a screenshot of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she said, finally found him and have to distance myself from him. And early tests were committed to passing. I love you, B. And it's like her with her mans. Two clear pictures of her mans. Yeah. <laughs> well... We know how Twitter is. Yeah, thank God for the internet. <laughs> Twitter, they're the fucking FBI, the CIA. Yeah. They're detectives. Yeah, Twitter, Inspector Gadget and shit. Twitter's crazy. Well, she, so she quote tweeted that tweet and she said, the internet is amazing. I've been talking to the mother of his son and fiance all morning. Hashtag plot twist. Yeah, that shit is fucking crazy, man. What a scoundrel. Oh, yes. You know, boys will be boys. Men yeah. will be men. 
Twitter will be Twitter. <laughs> Stay tuned. Oh, and she God. hasn't said anything since then, huh? No, and she deleted it, so. Yeah, so oh, that fucking sucks, dude. Yeah, I know. She seemed happy. Like, she seems so happy. Yeah. She's like so fucking happy. Yeah, she's like, in early tests, we're committed. Like, <laughs> damn, you're committed already? And you're not even Mackie? Plot twist, he's engaged and has a baby. <laughs> Did you see? Oh, another thing that happened was Debrat came out officially. Oh, she did. Oh, she wasn't out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. She um her she posted a video to her Instagram because her I guess now fiance got the matching Bentleys, hers and hers Bentleys. What? Yeah, damn. And the, in this economy, though, <laughs> that's rude. <laughs> and uh, the brat was just like posted a video of her in tears, crying, 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 and like then her girlfriend her fiance comforting comforting her and then she just put at her fiance's name and yeah. then on her jessica dupart there you go and, the, and then on jessica's insta jessica posted how uh Debrat, how she surprised her with the hers and hers bentley's and how it was just so sweet and cute and yeah that's amazing yeah so sweet and she was like we're i just want to get ahead of this because we haven't been hiding we've been out to everybody blah 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 but yeah. in these times, like, we just want to be loud and proud or something. Who is Jessica Dupart? I guess she's a beauty guru of some mm. sort. But, I mean, she's making that Bentley money. Two Bentley money. <laughs> Custom oh. Bentleys, I think. It's a, She has a book, too. She mm. built a social media empire. Instagram helped her turn a million dollar product it's like a drop she made like some sort of drops like tincture drops and that made her millions wow okay shout out to her she got a big old booty too yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're a millionaire and you got a big old booty (laughs) winning and you're pulling the bratatatat yep yeah who next? Missy Elliott, Queen Latifah? Oh, at, together? Imagine? No. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Uh, Clippers owner Steve Ballmer just pledged $25 million in a coronavirus aid donation for vaccine research. Good. That is good. You we you all want you all benefited from this capitalist fucking world we live in, so I keep wondering if the anti-vax people are going to be in line to get the vax when, so if, reddit, when it comes out reddit is all up in like arms over that shit like oh if you were fucking anti-vax stop buying fucking lysol and all this shit oh, yep. and like go back to your home red remedy type shit like mm-hmm. don't be hoarding and all this stuff because <laughs> it's true it kind of like slaps them in the face like yeah yeah like, you could be anti-vax with all this shit that we've basically eliminated because of <laughs> vaccines, you know? Right, right, right. You can right. safely be ridiculous. <laughs> not even, not even. I know, not even that people at risk. <laughs> yeah, not even safely, really. But, like, remember when Disneyland had measles all of a sudden? Yeah. That was fucking ridiculous. Oh, and that was the moment where I feel like we should have known, like, yeah. <laughs> something is coming. Yeah, that shit's fucking crazy. Ugh. Anyways, all right. Hello, everyone. Hello. My name is Stephanie. Did we introduce ourselves? No, we did not. My name is May. Proud to be corona free. (laughs) (laughs) 
STD free since oh. 2003. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm not. I... Uh, STD free since last week. I got checked, y'all. Hey, go get an STD. Oh, actually. No, stay home. Yeah, stay home, right? Don't right. go. Can you do an STD uh, test via like mail, like one of like the the like, home kits, like the, like the colon cancer screening? No, no or you mate. shit in the thing and then you send it in the mail. That's disgusting. What's <laughs> the one that does like the se- sensitivity tests? Oh. They do like a bunch of them. Yeah, I don't think you Everly can, well. I don't think you can do STDs. Like really? That. Yeah, because you need you blood. Could, you could do drug tests like that. That's because you need piss for drug tests. Mm, let me see. They got a bunch of them, eh? What did we just say? Yeah, they do. They got STD ones. Chlamydia? STD test mail. Let, yep, they have a chlamydia and gonorrhea one. Okay, yeah. there's one. Yeah, check for seven STDs. Chlamydia, gonorrhea, hep C, herpes, HIV, syphilis, and trichomoniasis? Trichomoniasis. They, trichomoniasis. They need, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they need blood? They take blood? Here, let's see what it is how it works you get test materials enter the barcode complete a finger prick and urine sample Uh, collection and return with prepaid shipping and you'll get your result on the internet within days oh yeah they do like pee and like there's a little finger prick thing okay elizabeth holmes yeah (laughs) oh the cast of um of contagion put out psas today so it's matt damon Lawrence Fishburne and Kate Winslet and they each took a subject so like uh, Matt Damon was talking about social distancing Lawrence Fishburne was talking about uh, like not shaking hands and changing the way we interact with each other and Kate Winslet talked about hand washing mm-hmm. and my girl Kate Winslet was talking about how the molecules is soap attached to the molecules of the virus I was like yes go off microbiome <laughs> that's what I th- I was I want Kate Winslet to teach me microbiology all the time <laughs> just like everything <laughs> Kate Winslet teach me how to take a shit <laughs> you know who was not invited to that little PSA party Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow, Paltrow. <laughs> fuck Gwyneth Paltrow Goop. <laughs> it's just completely fucking worthless living in a different fucking planet than the mm-hmm. rest of us I don't even want to know what she's thinking about this whole thing. Just fucking kill the bourgeois. I'm sure. (laughs) Fuck those fools. She's over there making fucking candles and smell like her vagina. You could use like your platform and all your money for actual fucking good, but fuck her, man. She's honestly, she's somebody that I really dislike. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. I'm getting all riled up. And and she got a whole little army of people that follows her too. That's the problem. That's the scary thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a cult. Right. Yeah. All those, all you people who are goop, goopsters, don't listen to us. Li- <laughs> I was gonna say, why don't you switch your allegiances to Kate Winslet? Yeah, that'd be great. She got the plan. She was Watch like, a- she was like, I've been talking to scientists. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. I was like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> I believe her. I believe her. <laughs> that's amazing. All right. Anyways, May, we got to start or we're never going to start. Yeah. And, of course, Billy always washes his hands with soap and water before he eats. This episode is going to be funky because May told me who she was going to be doing. And I was, like, kind of trying to figure out what I could do that could kind of go. And, like, I couldn't. So then I made a joke that, okay, fuck it. I'm going to do Pamela Anderson. Yeah. And then 
later on in the week, May was like, are you really going to do Pamela Anderson? And I was like, yeah, I guess so, actually. <laughs> Girl, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to do Pamela Anderson. Uh, yay. For this, I watched her sex tape. I looked at tons hey. of Playboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I read some People magazine articles. How bomb. I mean, she's she was obviously a bombshell for a long time. But, like, there's this real sweet spot. I think it's like her Playboy. I don't know if it's like her first or second Playboy. Yeah, from like ninety six to like two thousand. Like where she still ninety nine, where she looks a tiny bit natural, just like a tiny. Just her boobs are like really like the plastic surgery. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm like, oh my god, she was gorgeous. I feel like I use this word all the time, but her look is fucking iconic. Yeah, yeah. For (laughs) you know, like it's just fucking amazing. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So Pamela Anderson was born in British Columbia. Hey. Her, her grandfather was originally from Finland, but he immigrated oh. to Canada and changed his last name to Anderson when he arrived as an immigrant. Oh. I want to give a shout out to Canada. Yeah, me too. All the time, actually. But, <laughs> but I mean, talk especially about, the way that they're handling yes, the pandemic. Examples in leadership and taking yeah. care of their people. Yep. Great so, health care system. Yep. Couldn't be, <laughs> no, couldn't, couldn't be us. No, couldn't be us. Nope. Mm-mm. Did you see that thing going viral of like this uh, university in Norway what? sent an email to all of its students because oh, yes. they were like on spring break and yeah. it was like if you are in a place with a, a like a, a disastrous healthcare or poor yeah. healthcare system, if, for example, the United States, come home now, <laughs> come home to yeah. Norway. Yeah, I was like, that sucks. Yep, yep. We're number one, baby. USA. Yep. Anyways, so. On the day Pam was born, she went viral <laughs> because she was born on July 1st, 1967, uh-huh. which was the 100th anniversary of Canada's official founding. So she was considered a centennial baby. And there were little news articles about her in the newspaper and oh shit. Oh, my God. She was uh, destined for greatness. Isn't that so cute? Yeah. In 2014, Pamela came forward and said that she had suffered sexual abuse as a kid. <gasps> She said that from ages six through 10, she was molested by a female babysitter. Oh my God. And that when she was 12, she was raped by a 25 year old man. Ugh. And that when she was 14, her boyfriend at the time thought it would be funny to gang rape her with some of his friends. So she was gang raped. What the fuck? That's fucking crazy, right? There are monsters out there. I just, oh God. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. Pam graduated from high school in 1985 and then moved to Vancouver to work as a fitness instructor. Ooh, the big city. Yep. In 1989, shout out to Vancouver also. Yeah. A place I have very fond memories of. <laughs> what kind of uh, fitness was she doing? Some Jane Fonda shit? That's what I'm picturing. Oh, yeah, with like a little like a headband, mm-hmm. like a pink headband. Yeah, and she's like, and one, and physical. two, and three, and four, and mm-hmm. five, and six, and one. Yeah. Okay, anyways. In 1989, at age 21, Pamela happened to go to a football game of the BC Lions Canadian Football League. Mm -hmm. She, while at the game, was featured on the Jumbotron. Hey. Fun fact. May and I and our two other friends, Tiff and May, were one. Tiff and Non. (laughs) I actually wrote May twice. (laughs) (laughs) Tiff and Non were once featured on the Jumbotron at Dodger Stadium. Greatest moment of my life. It's like it's up there with like my mar- my wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the time we met Dita Fontes. Yeah. 
lucky for Pamela, she was wearing a t-shirt of this local beer company called La Labatt's. Mm-hmm. The brew company saw her photo from the Jumbotron and immediately hired her to be a spokesmodel. Get me that girl. That's some crazy shit. Yeah. So Pamela was like, what? What? <laughs> I could get paid off these looks. Yes. Hell yeah. Her then boyfriend had some professional photos taken of her in order to jumpstart a modeling career. Okay. In October 1989, Pam appeared on as the cover for Playboy magazine. She then packed all her shit up and said, peace out, Vancouver, moved to L.A. as the obvious smart move for her modeling career. She Is she a blonde? Natural blonde? Yeah. Uh, y- y- yeah. But it's more like a, not, like not a like dirty bleached blonde. blonde. Yeah, not like yeah. the way she is blonde, but yeah, yeah, yeah. she is a blonde. Yeah. Playboy ended up choosing her as Playmate of the Month for their February 1990 issue, and she got a full centerfold spread. Nice. Pam then decided to have her first boob job, increasing her size to 34D. And later on, she would increase it all the way to 34 double D. 34 D seems nice on her. Yeah, she really didn't need to go to double D. That's that's when she starts doing that is when she starts fucking with herself a little too much. Yeah, I think so, too. Because then she starts messing with her lips and, you know, she's giving me big um, young Pam is what I'm looking at now. Big Kelly Kapowski, Tiffany Amber Thiessen energy. Yeah, that 1989 one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know why, though. I like kind of this is like when it starts getting ratchet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like I but only she could do that. <laughs> yeah. But I like like this. I like this like late era uh, Baywatch look. Yeah. And this one. Oh, this that is when one. She's that's like, one. Hella natural. Yeah. Look, her boobs are all like little. Yeah. She's fucking perfect, dude. She is perfect. It's like fucking like it, it this is the white girl to end all white girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Right. Like if you if you don't look like this and you blonde, <laughs> just dye your hair black, honestly. <laughs> You're not gonna make it as a blonde. <laughs> Anyways, okay, where the fuck was I? Okay, so fun fact. Whoop. Pamela has been on more Playboy covers than any other model in the magazine's history. Damn, how many? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she <laughs> <laughs> what do you think this is pbs bitch google that shit <laughs> she also wrote the foreword for the playboy coffee table book playboy's greatest covers she can write a little bit <laughs> had That's to edit that up. shit though <laughs> it's fucked up come on though. We're, we're feminist guys we are but i mean come on guys <laughs> pamela started taking auditions around la and she landed a minor role on a little up-and-coming abc comedy show called home improvement as the tool time girl oh yeah 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 she stayed on the show for two seasons before finally landing the role of her life of cj parker on the show baywatch in 1992 i have never seen that a single episode of baywatch uh, me either not one i don't even like i just have pictures in my mind of them running on the beach right because yeah. that's yeah. what you know of it but i couldn't even tell you like what's the intro to baywatch uh, no i them running on the beach probably yeah, i don't know I think, yeah <laughs> no idea like what's but, the fucking premise of that show <laughs> but that was a fucking huge show it it's like, like international yeah international money yeah. making machine like i think there are people probably still getting paid off that shit like motherfucking is still getting paid off that yeah. shit david hasselhoff still getting paid off that yeah. shit pam stayed on baywatch through five seasons making her one of the longest serving cast members 
This is one of her most iconic roles to date and obviously gained her a ton of international popularity. Like this is when she became like famous for real, real. Mm -hmm. She was still modeling on the side and in 1993 started in Vince Neil's music video for Can't Have Your Cake. That's another kind of cool thing about Pam is like she was like kind of an actress, not really, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. But she was like in music videos and magazines like she was a personality. Yeah. So that was kind of her vibe totally also respect that because me too because she was making her money and she was fucking working yeah hustling i'm with it me too in 1994 pam was cast in her first starring film role in a movie called raw justice and it was whatever but whatever so anyways jump to 1995 is it it like a skinamax thing because that's what it sounds like no it's not but almost yeah there's a lot of like cheesy sex stuff okay so jump to 95 when it all went down 1995, she met Tommy Lee, drummer of Motley Crue, on February 15th at a club in Hollywood called Sanctuary. (laughs) Pamela bought him a shot, and it was love at first sight. Okay. They went to Cancun together, and after knowing each other for 96 hours, they got married on a beach with Pamela wearing a white bikini. (laughs) (laughs) So romantic. (laughs) It was amazing. People magazine immediately published the story in photos, and this is how Pam's mom found out that Pam had gotten married. Oh my god. I know. Listen, let me tell you something. Tommy Lee is not my type, but he's That's like hot. Type. But he's That's like hot, type. I guess. Like at the time. No, he, no, he's hot. And he is kind of like my type. <laughs> he's, he's my type that I know is not good for me. <laughs> but I would have dated Tommy Lee when I was 17. <laughs> he's he's got he's like sexy this is i i get this couple this is makes oh me too i totally get they're sexy together yeah yeah it's crazy pam immediately changed her name to pamela anderson lee and the couple got each other's names tattooed on their ring fingers the couple moved into tommy's malibu home together and their relationship became super high profile months later because they decided to fire their electrician okay it's seemingly innocuous event yep happens all the time have all the time their electrician whose name is rand gothier Mm -hmm. got mad and he went in for the kill so he stole a now infamous homemade sex tape that the couple had made on board a houseboat during a summer trip to lake mead Mm. so rand is a total piece of perverted shit but for the sake of hearing both sides Mm -hmm. he said that he would never have taken anything from them except that on his so he says that at the way that he got fired is he showed up to work and Tommy came out of their house with a gun pointing it at him and his coworker and telling them to get the fuck off his property. Mm-hmm. So he said he was like, fuck this guy. And on his way out, he stole a safe and the safe contained the now infamous sex tape. I mean, that doesn't justify. I don't know. No, no this right? is awful. I'm just yeah. trying to tell you his side. Right. No, he's disgusting. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. Rand himself had appeared in a few adult videos, so he was familiar with the business. He had, he linked up with his friend Milton Ingley, and they made a bunch of copies, destroyed the original cassette, and then set up websites to market the video, which was available for purchase for $59.95 by mail. That is so much fucking money. <laughs> Imagine sending away for porn also and waiting, what, weeks for that shit yeah. to show up in the mail? Yeah. How horny are you? Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> websites. That was very progressive. Yes. That was, did people even know how to get, you had to use one of those AOL, free AOL discs. Yeah. 
You had that big ass chunky computer. Yeah. You, you had, had to listen wafer. to that fucking sound. <laughs> <laughs> Your family couldn't use a phone and shit. <laughs> I used to get in so many fights with my brother over that. Okay, so let's take it back to 1995 because obviously, like we're saying, things weren't as easily accessible as they are now. Yeah. I mean, I once remember waking up and going on Twitter to see the internet going nuts about ASAP Rocky's two-second leaked sex tape. But by the time I had logged online, it had been removed. But mm-hmm. I text May, and she texted back to me in like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just yeah. fucking amazing. <laughs> the future, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Well, it's time to be alive. <laughs> Thank you. All because of Al Gore's internet. <laughs> okay. But back then, things didn't get around that easily, except for Tommy Lee. <laughs> So Tommy and Pam didn't realize that the safe was missing until like Christmas. And they didn't realize that the video was even in there. Oh, shit. Where did they think they had the video? I don't even think they thought about it. Yeah. You know, they just made mm-hmm. it and put it away. Yeah. Um, so once they finally realized what had happened, it was like everywhere. People, so many people had seen it. They ended up filing a $10 million lawsuit to stop anyone from profiting, profiting over it as their own intellectual property mm-hmm. including penthouse magazine who was trying to publish a story all about it and they were like if penthouse publishes a story then it's really going to be everywhere yeah 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 but they didn't have the cash to stay in court against all of the injunctions filed by all these sex companies so in june 1996 penthouse published a detailed written account of what was on the sex tape as like their main article all that month the fuck a transcript it- isn't that fucking embarrassing (laughs) and then he says baby and then she says baby take your dick out what's that what's the owner of penthouse name larry flint larry flint oh no wait that is that hustler it's hustler Hustler? it's hustler okay i have no idea yeah i thought it was larry flint though Hmm. maybe it is him i don't know whatever couldn't have been playboy hef is classy (laughs) and a dick but (laughs) (laughs) a classy dick yeah. In October nineteen ninety seven. Hugh Hefner's dick has a smoke jacket on. <laughs> Smokes a pipe. Yes. Hugh Hefner's dick has a tiny little pipe. <laughs> In October nineteen ninety seven, two years <laughs> why are you laughing? You spit out your water, mate? Oh my god. May. Can I hold it together? <laughs> <laughs> we only record for like an hour. <laughs> All right. In October 1997, two years after the original footage had been stolen, a judge finally issued an injunction against Milton Ingley. But by this point, so many people had seen the footage and this had become such worldwide news. The couple had become like a widely known celebrity sex tape performers, kind of. Yeah. Like everybody knew about the sex tape. Most, a lot of people had already seen it. Everybody knew Pam and Tommy had made this, you know? Yeah. So they were like... It, it even attracted people who wouldn't, I mean, ordinarily partake in pornography. Right. But it was like celebrities partaking right. in pornography. So it was huge. So Pam and Tommy, whatever, they finally got the injunction. Then they just ended up cashing in. They signed the copyright of the sex tape over to Club Love founder Seth Warshavsky. Mm-hmm. And Seth turned around and cut a deal with Vivid Entertainment to sell Ooh. hard copies of the movie on DVD, VHS, and because it's 1997, CD-ROM. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was it called? It had a name, right? 
I have no idea. Huh. I got, um, I was looking at the manual of my car. And <laughs> what? <laughs> Quarantine, <'cause>, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and inside of like, you know, the little, it comes in like a binder with the manual and like some other shit. Anyway, inside of there. Pa- Pamela Anderson and Tommy <laughs> sex tape was in there? That's amazing. Inside of there was like a CD-ROM. But do you remember for a minute they stopped making CD-ROMs that were like CD size and started making like smaller ones? Yeah. And I was like, the fuck? Where would <laughs> I even play? Because you can't even slip those into your regular laptop. But remember, it used to be that they would come out and then the little circle thing, like yes. it would come out and right. you just place it. So you could do that in, in that situation. Right. But then like my car is not, my car is like two years old. I was like, where, who had one of those things two years ago? Just like on deck? I don't yeah. know. Oh my god! You know they totally like spit in each other's mouth and shit. Oh my god! Are you kidding me? They fucked each other in orifices that like, <laughs> we will never know about. Pamela Anderson had a second vagina just for Tommy. <laughs> I mean, I would too, just to be safe. Yeah, that's true though. Um, okay, the cele- so Pam and Tommy's sex tape through Vivid was fucking huge, and it made millions. Mm-hmm. So Pam and Tommy later ended up filing another lawsuit against Seth indicating that they were duped into signing away their rights for way too little without yeah. realizing how huge the sale would be. Uh-huh. That lawsuit ended up going on until 2002 when Seth's com- company was finally ordered to pay Tom- Pam and Tommy $740,000 a piece, which seems low, first that of all. That seems a little low, yeah. But guess what? By 2002, Club Love had filed for bankruptcy and no longer existed, so nobody got paid. Oh, God damn it! They were in court for so long that it ended up being a bust. So do we know, like, more or less how much Pam and Tommy netted from this? No. Uh-huh. Yeah. I would, I bet it's, uh, I bet it's, it's low seven figures. It's like two yeah, million each, maybe. two million. Yeah. I mean, I'd say they probably got a nice little Malibu home out of it. Yeah. You know? But somebody out there made. Made tons. Yeah. Vivid. Uh, yeah. Vivid probably made like 10, 20 million even. For sure. During production of the Tommy and Pam sex tape, Vivid announced another sex tape they got their hands on with Pam and Brett Michaels. Oh, this is old, old? Yeah. So this one was shot before the one with Tommy was shot. Okay. But Brett Michaels successfully blocked its release. Like that he lawyered the fuck up and he was like, no. Yeah, yeah. So to date, there's only a four minute snippet of that one that's available kind of like on online. I I, kind of remember that. She she looks different, obviously. She's way younger. yeah. Yeah. So back to Pam and Tommy. And also it was like way older. So they probably had one of those big ass cameras like this. Yeah, that seems like very difficult. I'm impressed with Brett Michaels' ability. Brett Michaels low-key director. Okay. So back to Pam and Tommy. After they got married, they welcomed their first son, Brandon Thomas, on June 5th, 1996. And their second son, Dylan Jagger, on December 29th, 1997. Their marriage was super dramatic, to say the least. Yeah. Tommy, for one, is an alcoholic, and for two, probably a drug and sex addict. Mm -hmm. He and Pamela fought all the fucking time, and they would break up, they'd get back together. In 1996, while she was pregnant, Pam even filed for divorce once. Oh, yeah. So it was bad. And it didn't help that they had the paps and all this press surrounding their relationship, especially when the sex tape thing became... Yeah, that's true. You know? Oh, and they're and they're boys, you know. Yeah. They were, um, do you remember 
Tommy's Cribs episode? Yes, it's that's a it's, good one. It's a good ass episode. His house is crazy, but it's yeah. uh, it's annoying because he has like groupies there. Yeah, but didn't yeah. he have like a port like a painting, a mural a of Pam? Pam? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so the lowest point in their relationship was in 1998. They had a domestic dispute, which led to Tommy being arrested for spousal abuse. Pamela was found by the police with bruises and a torn fingernail, and Tommy had been punched in the face. Oh, my God. Reportedly, Pamela was holding their baby son, Dylan, while their (gasps) older son, Brandon, had seen the entire thing go down. Oh, my God. No. I read, like, an account of Pam's account, and Tommy doesn't really, like dispute this but they both talk about this being like the worst thing that ever happened in their Mm -hmm. relationship and i think that he they started shoving each other while she was holding dylan oh god so the like the baby was like straight up in it which is the which is the one that had the problem with tommy last year or the year before? brandon the older one so this so speaking of that which i didn't write about that but like when that happened Mm -hmm. this is kind of why it happened pam talked to people magazine about this specific fight oh and then tommy took to twitter and was like why is she bringing up the worst fucking thing that ever happened in our life like Uh and he like started talking shit about pam he's like she literally has nothing to fucking do like you know like she doesn't Mm -hmm. have any press she's just bringing up old shit so then brandon drove over to his dad's house and they fucking got into a fight yeah it's just crazy uh tommy pled no contest and was sentenced to six months in la county jail he was sentenced to undergo counseling, perform 200 hours of community service, and pay $6,000 to a battered woman's shelter. Okay. The judge threw the book at him, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tommy later said he didn't know why Pamela had followed through with pressing charges against him. And Pamela said that she, all she really wanted was for him to get counseling, but she didn't expect him to be sentenced to jail. Right. He ended up going to jail for four months before being released. Mm-hmm. And after that, Pamela filed for divorce. In 1999, Pamela starred in the music video for the song Miserable by California Band Oh, Lit. yeah. This video is so good. This this sentence serves no purpose to the story <laughs> except that I want to shout it out because it's so great. Pamela's like a giant man-eater, quite literally. Yeah. And I also want to shout out the band Lit, who had uh-huh. like, it's very California vibes. Like, right. Yeah. it had They had this song, Miserable, uh-huh. and one other song, which... I don't remember, but literally YouTube that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks she, so hot in this video. She's so hot in this video, mm-hmm. man. She then appeared on The Nanny as Fran's rival, Heather Bibolo, in a few yep. episodes. That year, she and Tommy were seen around town again and briefly were discussing getting married. Remarried. Mm-hmm. But they fell into a custody battle and called it off in the year 2000. During their custody battle, Tommy once admitted to the judge as having had champagne on New Year's Eve, which violated his earlier probation, and he got sent back to jail for five days. Oh, okay, five days. Yeah. But even throughout the custody battle, they were always together as a family, and you would see them, like, at Dodger games, movie premieres, Mm -hmm. out to dinner, on the beach and shit. They're literally always together. You know, that's what shocked me kind of about uh, Brandon fighting with Tommy yeah they don't seem to have like although tommy and pam are dysfunctional they seem to really love their family yeah 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 and try at least Uh you know but trying under like this complicated relationship with pam and tommy like i mean that's got to be hard Mm -hmm. in 2004 pam reappeared for the cover of playboy magazine and also posed naked for stuff and gq magazine 
She was also featured on the covers of W, British Marie Claire, and L. In 2004, she also co-wrote a book about a teenager trying to become famous called Star, which was actually a kind of like a hit in like the preteen, what is that called? Fic, non-fic, preteen, uh, whatever. Yeah. There's a category, right? Yeah. It's like young adult, right? Yeah, YA, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so she toured the U.S. signing books for fans nationwide, and her second book, Starstruck, was released in 2005 and was kind of like a look at her life with Tommy. In April 2005, she starred in a Fox series called Stacked about a party girl who goes to work at a bookstore. But that was canceled in 2006 after two seasons. Mm-hmm. What was what about VIP? Was that before or after that? What is VIP, me? I don't even think I have written it down. That was she was on a long running show um, called VIP where she played like a spy. Oh, that was from 98 to 2002. Oh, I just totally skipped it. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was like a what? Are, like a cult? It had a cult following. Oh wow, that's cool. I mean, if you get like a series like that, like that's a pretty stable job, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In two thousand five, she hosted a Comedy Central roast and donated all protein, all proceeds to animal cruelty charities. Oh, that's so right. She's I super talk into about- that. Yeah, so I want to talk about that for a while. Pamela is an avid animal rights activist and probably one of the most high-profile members of PETA. Mm -hmm. She advocates against the use of fur, and she's a vegan. She's all about this shit. In 1999, she received the Linda McCartney Memorial Award for Animal Rights Protectors. In 2003, she did a nude pictorial for PETA, which was one of the first I'd rather go naked than wear fur campaigns. That's right kind of became like a celebrity campaign that we saw for a while yeah in 2006 she protested naked as a window display on the stella mccartney boutique for animal rights and what happened was that stella was hosting a PETA gala event at her boutique so pam walked in and said that she would get naked she'd take off all her clothes if people made enough donations so once they raised (laughs) enough money she got naked hey That's what we call using your platform for good, baby. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely, May. She has publicly campaigned against Kentucky Fried Chicken. In 2006, she even wrote to the governor of Kentucky and asked that he remove a bust of Colonel Sanders from display. And she offered her own bust in exchange. But she was denied. Her her boobies? Yeah, she said they can make a bust of her boobies. Yeah. They fucked up. They should have done that. They for sure fucked up. She also campaigned against seal hunting in Canada, and she protested the use of animal testing by pomegranate juice maker Palm pretty actively, and so much so that the company did stop all use of animal tests. Why are why is Palm testing on animals in the first place? I was trying to look at it, and it's like kind of like a taste thing. Like they have animals' tastes. They were right. or they used to okay. ha- have animals taste like their products, which I think is weird. Yeah. She has an odd relationship with Russian President Vladimir Putin because (laughs) of her animal activism. In 2009, she wrote to him to thank him for banning the slaughter of baby harp seals. And then in July 2015, she wrote to him and asked him to save whales, specifically to prevent the passage of a cargo vessel Winter Bay with over 1,700 tons of fin whale meat heading towards Japan because it was going to go through Russia. Yeah, so he so stopped she, it? 
she asked him to stop it i don't think he did actually uh-huh. but she was like publicly like reaching out to him <laughs> mr putin if you if you do this i will send you my bust i'll let you take a bu- make a bust of me <laughs> put it in then, moscow <laughs> then in 2050 she 2015 she was invited to russia to share her thoughts on endangered species at an eastern economic forum this is kind of weird mm-hmm. in 2005 but anyway so that's a that's a that's a, all i got on her activism of animals Mm-hmm. So let's go back to her regular ho stuff. <laughs> in December 2005, NBC cut off a video of Pamela pole dancing on Elton John's piano <laughs> while he played the bitches back. <laughs> what a moment. NBC said that the footage was inappropriate for prime time and it was being shown on like huge screens doing some event. <laughs> That sounds like art to me. Shit. That sounds great. I honestly I like Emmy. how Elton John is so ratchet. Like he is. <laughs> he is right. Like first of all, he got a weave. Yeah. Second of all, <laughs> uh, he's he's like cool with Eminem saying the f word and stuff. Like he weird. <laughs> In 2006, Pamela started a romance with Kid Rock. His I don't name, like this. His name is Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. Pop? They broke up for a while. They had like a little on and off again relationship, but then they ended up getting engaged and they were married in Saint-Tropez on July 29th, 2006. In November 2006, she announced that she had suffered a miscarriage. Seventeen. His baby? Yeah. 17 days later, she filed for divorce, citing irreconcilable differences. Mm -hmm. So they were only married less than a year. Didn't they also, she got married in a bikini again? Yes, again, yeah. yeah. And he's Ugh. also, like, all lanky, skinny wearing, he's like, the poor, sagging poor, poor man's Tommy Lee. Like, the poorest Detroit backwoods Tommy Lee. Does he have a money-making business? I don't think so. But like, I think, does he own, like, a restaurant chain or something? I don't think so. Because I think he's pretty wealthy considering his musical career was like very brief right well i think he grew up like upper very very high upper middle class sort of thing like a low upper class or high middle class interesting because i saw a picture of his childhood home once and it's like an estate oh interesting but also he's like the last wave of musicians that really made money off of like music. CDs. Yeah, yeah that's true so i think he could have potentially pocketed enough money back then to still support himself fairly well and just you know do the occasional show or whatever right okay okay the same year that pamela was married to kid rock she appeared as herself in the movie borat cultural learnings of america for make benefit glorious <laughs> nation of kazakhstan <laughs> shout out to that movie because i forgot about it yeah <laughs> never forget <laughs> never forget Bora is obsessed with pamela anderson and he plans to abduct and marry her pamela. So she, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so she plays herself uh at the end of the film and she's like doing a signing and she gets confronted by Bora in a staged botched abduction mm-hmm. um the dr- the drama was that allegedly at the premiere of the movie kid rock like fucking freaked out and walked out and like like blew a fuse over like this scene and just like everything about pamela in the movie because remember he also watches like her sex tape in the movie yeah yeah and he's just like obsessed with her Uh uh-huh 
And I guess like Kid Rock fucking was insanely jealous and like he couldn't handle this shit. And that that like specifically marked like the end of their marriage. That was kind of like the that's the gossip. You know? OK, so yeah. if, if that's true, that's the best thing that happened <laughs> post Borat because of right? Borat. Yeah. <laughs> She briefly married film producer Rick Solomon on October 6, oh. 2007 in Las Vegas. They got their marriage annulled in December, and then she appeared on Ellen DeGeneres, and she told Ellen that they're just friends with benefits. <laughs> you don't marry your fuck buddy, especially if your fuck buddy is Rick Solomon. Seriously, don't marry Rick Solomon. Yeah. It's just a PSA right there. Listen, I don't. I, I just made this up, but Rick Solomon <laughs> definitely has the Rona. <laughs> I don't know how... <laughs> almost all of pamela's ex-husbands have the rona <laughs> didn't tommy give her hepatitis yes i didn't write that in here but yeah they shared needles uh while they were tattooing like yeah, at home yeah, yeah. and she got hepatitis out of it uh <laughs> pam <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> okay. Pamela did a striptease act at the Crazy Horse Cabaret in Paris in February 2008 for Valentine's Day weekend. Oh, oh and, how much money was that? I bet. Right. Like, yeah. And later that year got her own e-reality TV show called Pam, Girl on the Loose. I don't remember this. It only lasted one season. Okay. She was also seen again with Tommy in 2009 and they said they were trying to make it work for the 800th time mm -hmm. and her and the boys all moved in with tommy again as oh. like a family and they stayed together until like 2010 mm. she then kind of transitioned to doing reality tv uh showing up on big boss in 2010 which is india's version of big brother oh she stayed in the house for three days earning a reported five hundred and fifty thousand dollars oh shit in 2011 she took part in the 12th season of the uk's big brother and then she took part in bulgaria's version called vip big brother okay is this what you were talking about no 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 oh, vip okay. is like a is a show show oh, okay. i can't believe you never heard of it no i haven't okay it was like it's the it's like um like on the same level of show as Xena and Hercules. Like oh, it was okay. like people watched it and it was came on like on Saturdays. Okay. Pam then showed up for the initial day of Germany's premiere of their premiere season of big brother, along with Baywatch co-star David Hasselhoff. Oh, damn. She they lucked out, dude, dude, yeah. just hopping around the world, collecting her fucking checks. I'm, yep. I'm here for it. And then she did another world tour of another reality TV show starting in 2010. She was on Dancing with the Stars in the U.S.'s 10th season. Oh. Then she took part of an all-star edition in 2012. And in 2011, she was, in a con she was a contestant on Argentina's version of Dancing with the Stars called Bailando. <laughs> can, she, can she dance? Uh, nah. <laughs> yeah. In 2018, she was a contestant on the French version of Dancing with the Stars also. Ooh. So she was making that paper. She was eliminated in every country, never having a lot of time. <laughs> in 2013, she also appeared on the UK's reality TV show called Dancing on Ice. So she was fucking oh. dancing, dancing around, <laughs> collecting those checks. <laughs> 
In December 2016, People Magazine published an interview with Pamela where she said that WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange was a hero. She said he had done a great service and that everyone in the world benefited because of WikiLeaks. She also thought it would be wrong to extradite him to the U.S. where he wouldn't be treated fairly due to his, quote, exposure of truths. Okay. Apparently, Julian reached out to her after this and they began like an online communicating they're like 90 day fiance yep. it yeah mm-hmm. pamela took to twitter fingers in 2019 to say that she was angry that julian was ejected from london's ecuadorian embassy mm-hmm. and she later met him in belmarsh she said he was a great man an incredible person i love him i can't imagine what he's been going through uh she girl then- he's a rapist <laughs> <laughs> He why did she forget why he's in there? Why he was locked in there? Because he's fucking evading the law because he raped somebody. She then said she was going to challenge the Australian prime minister to stand up for Julian Assange. So she asked Scott Morrison to use his influence to secure his release. To which Scott replied by saying that he was a criminal who would receive no special help. There you go. Yes. <laughs> kind of weird. Like, are they together? her and julian or is she just like vouching for him for no fucking reason i think he's she's vouching for him like she believes in what the work that he's doing yeah yeah so i don't know that's so random um that's basically brings us up to date with the 90s bikini wearing it girl pam (laughs) anderson uh if you remember a few episodes back we had a hot topic about her very brief marriage to producer john peters which ended Mm. in a very quick divorce (laughs) which she had done mostly for money. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, So that's my girl, Pam. Hey, I was just just remembering that she also had a, she also had a great episode of Crips. Her Malibu house is very beautiful. Tasteful. It's like, yeah, it's like beachfront. Yeah. It was, yeah. It's so cute. Is, can we stream Crips anywhere? It's on YouTube. Actually. Uh, I wanted to tell the girls that, that yoga that mtv yoga i like uh-huh. i found it on oh, youtube sweet it's not like great uh quality it's not great um audio quality but it's uh-huh. fine okay. i did it it was oh, good dope. um but while i was searching for that the first thing that came up is all these mtv crib episodes dope yeah good job steph thank you i'm torn on pam because like i love the hustle and, and I, I, love I love that, that animal- she's an activism yep. mm-hmm. and she's an icon yeah but then uh which i mean we talk about this and a lot of people have this take which like women shouldn't have to apologize or like uh, for mm-hmm. the problematic men but right. through that with that same thing in mind i also think you are the company you keep kind of you know mm-hmm. like it does mm-hmm. say something about you that right you're you're okay with it or like you could see past it like what is that (laughs) it's no i agree i i think that uh you know if if it's like one problematic man in your orbit but then like i mean three four five five. (laughs) yeah exactly yeah i mean like everybody has lapse in judgment sometimes with Mm -hmm. regard to like really somebody else's character sometimes Mm -hmm. it's hard sometimes you don't know until it's like you're fucking in it or something you know Mm -hmm. But yeah, like you're saying, like once we get to like five, six, seven, eight, <laughs> nine, ten, and one, and two, and three, and four, and five. Exercise, good food, 
sleep. Those are good health habits. Okay, so um, my topic could not be more different from <laughs> Pamela. Um, <laughs> okay, so this week I'm going to do something a little bit different. It's still a scandal. Uh, there's also a scam element to it and some royalty slash celebrity with a sprinkle of some murder. So I guess it's not like super off base for us, uh, but still. I'm doing the story of the end of the Romanov dynasty and the Grand Duchess Anastasia Romanov of Russia. For this, I read The Romanov Sisters by Helen Rappaport. It's an interesting book if you're interested. I also read the fantastic Refinery29 article, The Real Story of the Fake Anastasia by Kelsey Miller, which really distilled that part of the story to the most essential part. So that one's really good. Just remembered The Romanovs on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shout out is to- he going to make another season of that? Or is no, it no, done? no. It got, it's it got canceled. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because also he had some drama, some Me Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He really like went into hiding. We didn't hear anything about that <laughs> shit. I know. Yeah. Yeah. My girl, ex-Tina Hendrix, didn't deserve to be done dirty like that because I liked her on that show. Wait, what do you mean? Why did she get done dirty? Because they canceled it. Oh, okay. She was great in that show and she had great style on her yeah. episode. Because mm-hmm. I even remember at one point she's wearing like this dark green like scarf and I fucking ordered one after <laughs> oh, watching her walk in that because I was like, yeah. oh God. Yeah, she wears green really well. Yeah, because her hair. And her skin. Yeah. She's just bomb. Yeah, she's bomb. Yeah. Let's all think about her for a second. I know, I did. <sighs> Start thinking about good girls who I'm saving. I'm saving this season of good girls to try to binge, but I'm recording. recording That's pretty this. tight. Okay. So the Russian Imperial family, AKA the Romanovs were headed by Tsar Nicholas II and his wife, the Tsarina Alexandra. The Romanovs ruled Russia all the way back from the year 1613. Nikki was heir to the Russian throne and Hell Al- no, 1613. That's too far back. <laughs> officially the earliest scandal that i can't think god damn it man i'm not posting this shit on instagram it's just y'all uh, po- posting a, a painting from 1613 <laughs> <laughs> so nikki was the heir to the russian throne and alex was a german princess and queen victoria of england's favorite granddaughter Ooh. back in the 1800s and low-key even now all these fucking royals were inbred as fuck so Nikki and Alex were actually second cousins. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> they met at a family wedding in 1884, and it was Sparks, major Sparks. They hit it off right away. Nikki was 16, and Alex was 12, and it was like uh, Whoa! It, <laughs> it was googly eyes. It's some Prince uh, Philip, Queen Elizabeth shit. Philip. Philip. Uh, <laughs> but they. Ooh, Prince Charles has coronavirus. We forgot to talk about that. Oh yeah. Oh, but imagine being isolated in a fucking castle. Yeah, that shit's crazy. It's fine. He's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Him and Rick Solomon. (laughs) He's always doing, like, always out there doing public appearances and shit. He's Mm -hmm. probably like, this is nice. (laughs) Yeah, he's relaxing. Just get to stay home finally. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if he has to be separated from the love of his life coming. Yeah, they are so separated. Mm. Sorry, Camilla. Sorry, Camilla. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> okay, so these, they were kids, Nikki and Alex, so it wasn't a serious thing or anything like that. It was just it, it, just a little crush. 
it's just <laughs> that's a, bad. a little crush. <laughs> but then five years later in 1889, Alex traveled to St. Petersburg, St. Petersburg for a few weeks and they for real, for real fell in love. But we have a problem. Nikki's okay, Yeah, they're cousins, right? That's not a problem for them. God damn it. <laughs> Nikki's family didn't really fuck with Alex because she didn't make a great first impression. First of all, she didn't really speak Russian, which is, is not the biggest deal since the aristocracy throughout Europe and Russia mostly spoke French and English and just like Russian wouldn't have been a requirement. Um, but also she was German and the Russian royal family didn't really fuck with Germans. At the same time, Alex was head over heels for Nikki, but she was a devout Protestant. And she knew that if she was going to be with Nikki, that she'd have to convert to the Russian Orthodox Church. So she was kind of like, I guess it's not meant to be. Plus, her grandma was trying to make her the future queen of Britain. So Queen Victoria didn't really like Nikki for Alex anyway. And she also didn't like the idea of Alex being alone all the way in Russia. Like she didn't think it was safe. Mm -hmm. And as we know, none of these royal marriages are for love. They're right. all just political alliances, and that's how everyone ended up being everyone else's cousin shit. Right. So the two of them went their separate ways, but listen to what Nikki wrote in his diary. Quote, It is my dream to one day marry Alex H. I have loved her for a long time, but more deeply and strongly since 1889 when she spent six weeks in Petersburg. For a long time, I have resisted my feeling that my dearest dream will come true. So he hmm. like he like really loved, loved her. her. Yeah. yeah, that's intense. So a few years pass and both families keep trying to marry both of them off to other people. But in 1894, it's like everyone just gave up fighting the shit. Alex's spiritual advisors were like, bitch, Russian Orthodoxy isn't that different from Protestantism. And Nikki's dad, the czar, was in really poor health. So he just wanted to see Nikki happy before he died. So he gave him his blessing and bam, the two were engaged in April. Wow. Yeah. And everyone was so fucking happy, happy for them. They went on a little European tour to celebrate and visit family and shit. And they ended up being named as the godparents at the baptism of the future King Edward VIII of England. Mm. That's, that's the one that abdicated, but that's story for another day, obviously. Hey. <laughs> Anyway, so Nikki's dad died on November 1st, making Nikki Tsar of Russia. The very next day, Alex took part in a conversion ceremony to the Russian Orthodox Church. Wow. And three weeks later, the couple were married. God damn. <laughs> Nikki. So it's just like a checklist. Check, check, yeah, check. <laughs> exactly. So the tea is that Nikki was feeling kind of scared of being Tsar and unprepared, really. So... It is said that he wanted to get married ASAP to make sure that he'd have Alex by his side to like sort of help him through the shit. Right. All this happened so soon after the death of the czar that it didn't sit very well with the Russian people. Even Alex remarked that her wedding felt like a continuation of the funeral, except that she wore white instead of black. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And Russians were, and I don't know, maybe they still are very superstitious. So they super didn't fuck with Alex after this because they thought it was all a bad omen and she was bad luck. Yo, I hate superstitions. Are you superstitious at all? No, but my family is. So like, mm. I'm not, I really am not. But like when, like they say it like, and they're so scared that it almost starts to freak me out. And then I get mad. I get that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it makes no fucking sense. You guys are stupid. But a, 
<laughs> but like um like don't don't cross a black cat type of superstitions or like everything man everything they believe in like the fucking money tree shit like if you give someone a money tree they're gonna make a lot of money so like what is a money tree it's like if you get the money like the the money tree you know like the asian uh-uh. money trees no there is a tree that's like a money tree it's like bamboo i don't know what the fuck it is okay but if you get it as a gift, like it's like a good luck for you to make money. Oh, but you can't right. buy it yourself. Somebody has to give it to you. That's uh, fucking stupid, man. I'll fucking give you one if you want it. That's right. <laughs> I want some money shit. <laughs> I'll oh, just give you the money the, then. The government's going to give me my stimulus check. Hell yeah, <laughs> man. That's what's up. <laughs> Use your fucking uh, superstition for some good. <laughs> Yes, where was I? Okay, yes. So, as we established, Nikki and Alex really love each other, which is super rare. They were also really hot and heavy, which is probably even more rare for yeah, bros. Like that's they interesting. were always kissing on each other, oh, fucking. Wow. wow. Yeah, they were rubbing butts left and right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe this is kind of like Pam and Tommy Lee after all. <laughs> And Alex got reggaeton right away. And the Russian people rejoiced at the news that an heir to the throne would be born soon. But when Alex gave birth to their daughter, Olga, in November of 1895, people were kind of disappointed since being a girl, she couldn't inherit the throne. Right. And they were like, there she go again with the bad luck. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, she was super young. I think she was like, I don't know, 23 or something. So it wasn't the end of the world. She'd have plenty of time to have a boy and people still celebrated Olga's birth. And Nikki and Alex were actually ecstatic because Nikki said that if she had been born a boy, she would have belonged to Russia. But being a girl, she belonged to them alone. Oh, that's sweet. (laughs) Isn't that so sweet? Yeah. (laughs) But then just a few months later at Nikki and Alex's official coronation, there was a stampede when the crowd of it's an estimate it was between 100,000 and 500,000 people realized that there wasn't enough beer and pretzels for everyone true story i'm not kidding <laughs> uh 1400 people died what uh-huh May. over some beer and pretzels anyway uh so that day they just kind of moved to the body the bodies to the side and nikki and alex still had their fancy ass ball that night what the fuck man? yeah their advisors were like don't worry about it just like keep going <laughs> that's so weird and they said i mean the reports are that that at the ball alex her eyes were just like all red from crying because she didn't want to be there but they told her to do it and she fucking did it you know wow <sighs> anyway so now the people the russian people are like this bitch is bad luck right and not only that, but these motherfuckers really don't give a single solitary fuck about us. Because, look, they still went on with their fucking fancy party. Right. So they were like, okay, okay, we see you. Noted. So the sent- the sentiments of the people keep building against the couple in general, but Alex specifically. And things got worse when she got pregnant again. And whoops, had another daughter, Tatiana. Oh, no. And then got pregnant again. And whoops, had another daughter, Maria. Oh, no. No. <laughs> and they got pregnant again and all shit shit had another daughter anastasia that's what's up so now people in russia were like what the actual 
fuck. We don't have a fucking heir. This fucking sucks. We hate her. What's wrong with her? <laughs> fucking girls. <laughs> fuck girls. <laughs> uh, so now Alex in turn doesn't really fuck with the Russian people either. Well, right. Right. Yeah. And on some Meghan Markle shit. Yep, exactly. And really, she doesn't fuck with Russia in general as a concept. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Because they hate her so fucking much. So, right. so she starts isolating herself and her family from the outside world. Ooh, quarantine. Y- yep. <laughs> Social distancing. It actually kind of gets a little scary. And it's weird because, like, there's this... The royal family is supposed to belong to the people in a way. Right. And they don't really know this family because Alex starts isolating all of them. So they don't know the girls. They just get official photos every once in a while and... Like they don't, they're not out in the streets with the people or anything in processions or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're, they're getting reclusive and Alex is low-key starting to crack. She even had a phantom pregnancy in 1902. Wow. And finally, finally in 1904, she gives birth to a son and heir to the Russian throne, Alexei. Oh, thank God. (laughs) We weren't going to make it without that boy. But whoops, it turns out that Alexei has hemophilia. Oh, shit. Which was passed on from Queen Victoria's bloodline. The women, wow. women are carriers, but it only presents itself in men. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Alex's brother had actually already died of it when they were kids. Oh, fuck. So they were very familiar with this disease. Put him in a coat of arms. He'd be all right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the life expectancy. The life expectancy of the hemophiliac at the time was early teens at best. This was what? like this was like best case scenario if they didn't die in infancy, if they didn't die, you know, as toddlers, it was like you would live to maybe be like 12, 13. Best case scenario. Holy shit, man. So, Nikki and Alex realized pretty quickly that Alexi was a hemophiliac when he almost died as an infant a few weeks after he was born when he started bleeding from the navel and wouldn't stop for days. Oh, shit. So they knew in their heart of hearts what was wrong because, I mean, Alex had seen it. Her brother died of it. Uh, But they didn't want to admit it to themselves. And the public. And the public, yep. And they kept looking for doctors to give him a different diagnosis. Mm. In the meantime, they did not reveal to the Russian people that anything was wrong. When they finally accepted the diagnosis, they chose for it to remain a family secret and they assigned Alexei round-the-clock protection and care because the slightest cut, the slightest bruise, bump, whatever could lead to Alexei's death. And, like, this is a child. Children get hurt. Children, you know, jump off the bed or whatever. Like, this is a kid that can't do that because he could die. Right. And Alex retreated herself and her family deeper and deeper into reclusive life now for the protection or overprotection of her fragile son. Yeah. She really made herself sick both emotionally and physically with worry about Alexi to the point where she more or less became an invalid. And she got addicted to barbiturates. So, okay. (laughs) Downers. So things aren't great. I mean, they are and they aren't because... The close-knit family is actually extremely lovey-dovey and happy. Olga's the smart one. Tatiana's the beautiful one. Maria is the caring one. Anastasia's this little ball of personality. Every time I hear someone describe her, I think of that viral video from the BBC where that man is trying to give a Skype interview from his house. Remember? And then his little daughter 
busting the door. That's the best, yeah. And then his baby son. Oh. Yeah. And then the mom. Oh, that video. Yeah. <laughs> that video is the height of comedy. That video is so great. Yeah, it's the way that her his baby daughter walks in too, yeah. right? Like, yeah, like, it's that. like doo, 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 doo. right. That's what that's what Anastasia is. Like, she would walk into every room like that, and people just like loved her, and she would talk to everyone, and she was just like yeah. the, the cutest. Uh, yeah, she's all personality, and then Alexi is the light of everyone's life because they had all been waiting for him for so long, and he's the only boy, so it's like he was uh, mischievous and they let him do what he was spoiled you know they let him do whatever so they uh yeah everybody like doted on alexi but still little alexi was very very sick and as he grew up there were a handful of occasions where it seemed he would die it became so dire that nikki and alex sought help from a siberian mystic and priest named grigory rasputin and it is said that rasputin saved little alexi's life miraculously on more than one occasion so now Rasputin is all up in the Romanovs' good graces, which gives him a lot of political power, and all of Russia knows it. But remember that the public doesn't know that Alexei is sick. Oh, right. So there's just hella rumors about how and why this fucking freak is involved with the family. <laughs> and Rasputin himself starts to get drunk with power. He exposed his dick at the most popular restaurant in Moscow and told everyone there that Tsar Nicholas let him fuck the Tsarina Alexandra. What? Yeah. He's just going off. Like, he, he's crazy. Oh, fuck, he he's Kanye. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. I am a god. He would officiate weddings in villages in exchange for fucking the bride on her wedding night. <gasps> he would do, quote unquote, private blessings in his bedroom for women. It became a whole thing. Like, he's, he's drunk with power. He's fucking crazy. Oh, my God. It's like a whole ass thing. And not only is he drunk on power, but he's like loud about it, you know, like right. I fucked is... your wife. <laughs> <laughs> like if he would have just like, you know, had all the power and like kept it to himself and shit, like it would have been fine. But he was like out here, really. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, so when members of the court would tell Nikki and Alex about all that was happening, they would brush it off as vicious rumor and gossip. They're like, no, Rasputin would never do that. No. Right. It's yeah. They didn't want to believe it. And also... I mean, what were they going to do? Tell him, like, to get the fuck away from them? And, like, he was the only one who saved their son in their eyes, you know? They couldn't risk it. So then, World War One breaks out. Okay. Nikki goes away to lead the army and leaves Alex back home in charge with, of course, Rasputin in her ear. Things don't go very well for Nikki on the war front. I mean, first of all, he's not a general, you know? <laughs> But also, it's Russia. There's snow and shit. It's bad. The right. army gets wiped the fuck out by Germany. And there's famine. It's like everything w that could have gone wrong did. Right. It could not have gone worse. So the Russian people are fucking pissed. And they think that Alex, being German, is part of some conspiracy to help the Germans win the war. Oh, my gosh. And Plus she she's bad luck. Yeah, exactly. And she gets blamed for all of Nikki's failings at war. He should not have left her, quote unquote, in charge. Like, she wasn't, like, really in charge, but he that's what he told everybody. Like, oh, she's going to take care of things. So it's like, of course she was going to get blamed for shit, you know? Right. Plus, that motherfucker Rasputin is being fucking loud and creepy. So finally, in 1916, Rasputin was assassinated because people thought he was too dangerous and had too much influence on the royal family. Well, 
What are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> you hate to see it. <laughs> His assassination, like, I didn't have time to go into it, but it's fucking weird. Like, they had to, like, poison him, stab him, shoot him. They had to do, like, he would not die. Then they had to Grab drown him. him. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's too much. <laughs> Okay, and in 1917, the Russian people had enough and had a revolution. This was a long time in the making. I know the position, the positioning of it in this particular story makes it seem like it was a direct result of Rasputin, but there's a shit ton of other things going on. Um, Nikki had led Russia into a war with the Japanese at the turn of the century. He adopted a policy of anti-Semitism. He kept trying to assert his quote-unquote God-given power as an absolute monarch, uh, when it was clear that the people wanted more rights and representation, it just all so it just so happened that it boiled over at this time. So all of you fucking Nikki stands, I don't want you in the in our uh, fucking reviews. Fucking reviews, <laughs> great, I know. Uh, anyway, so Nikki tried to rush home from the front lines after the revolution, but he was intercepted on his way on his train, and he was forced to abdicate the throne. First for himself and later for his son, Alexei, too. Thus ending 304 years of Romanov rule. So now the royal family is officially in danger because the Russian people fucking hate Alex. But there were a lot of loyalists to the monarchy in the army that physically protected them until they were able to be rejoined by Nikki and ultimately put on house arrest. The family was scuttled from safe house to safe house until they attempted to find a country that would take them in and grant them asylum, which should have been easy considering, I mean, they're related to all these other monarchs and stuff, but right. no one wanted to get involved. Like uh, the the British prime minister was like, ooh, it might not be a good look for us to take in the royal family right now, considering like everything that's going on. There's a war and like it just it was messy. So they couldn't find any country that would take them in. <clears throat> But in the meantime, Russia had a second revolution within months of the first, after which the Bolsheviks took power from the provisional government. And the Bolsheviks ultimately ordered the execution of the entire Romanov family in the basement of what was known as the Ipatiev House in July of 1918. A firing squad came in and shot first Nikki, who had been carrying 13-year-old Alexei, who by then was too sick to walk. Then they shot and killed Alex and then shot a barrage of bullets at the kids, none of whom died, leaving the soldiers shocked. They then stabbed the kids repeatedly with bayonets and ultimately shot them all in their heads at close range. Upon closer examination, they realized that all the kids had tons, and I mean tons of jewels sewn into their clothes that acted kind of as bulletproof vests. And that's why they had survived all the initial shooting. So that's how they were they were thinking like, oh, if we ever have to escape in the middle of the night, we'll have like these jewels right. to finance us for the rest of our lives or whatever. Right. Oh, this is terrible. Okay. Yeah. So the bodies were later dumped into a nearby mine shaft and desecrated with acid and would remain lost for most of the rest of the 20th century. Two years after the assassinations in 1920, a woman covered in strange scars jumped off of a bridge in Berlin. What? She survived and was placed <gasps> in a in a mental institution and giving and given the name Fraulein Unbekannt or <laughs> or Miss Unknown. That's my I, if I ever start a rap career, I think that's a cool name. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Fraulein Unbekannt. 
She did. She did not utter a word for six months until they finally until she finally began speaking with a Russian accent. At the same time, rumors started coming out of Russia that one of the grand duchesses had escaped the basement alive. One of the other patients at the institution kind of started putting two and two together, and she suspected that Fraulein Unbekannt was one of the girls. Possibly- <laughs> fucking crazy, May. <laughs> Granted, this is a crazy person. This is a person that was institutionalized, but right. I mean, but still, yeah. So she suspected that it was possibly Tatiana. So. When this other patient got out, she started a campaign to round up people who had known the Romanovs. And sure enough, on site, tutors, maids, butlers, friends of the court all said, yup, it's her. That's fucking crazy. This all happened over the course of two years at the institution. But Fraulein Umbikant never said, it's true, it's me, the Grand Duchess. She never said anything, really. Right. When Nikki's mother's guard came to visit he showed her a photograph of an old woman and she got really distressed and agitated and would not speak until he left then that night she told one of the nurses that man showed me a photo of my grandmother whoa yeah one day one of alex's ladies in waiting came and she was the first one to be like nope absolutely not she's too short to be tatiana and fraulein umbikant said quote i never said i was tatiana some time passed and that one guard that showed her the photo of her grandmother came back and this time since he figured like she's not volunteering information he asked her he like wrote down a list of the names of all the girls and he asked her to cross out the names of those who she wasn't and she crossed out all the names except for anastasia and from then on she was known as anastasia or anna anderson Anderson. Anderson, yeah. <laughs> when Anna got out of the hospital, she was a minor celebrity. All the tabloids wanted her story. Police, private detectives, distant Romanoff relatives, you name it. All of these Romanoff relatives and family friends put Anna up for various lengths of time while they tried to figure out what the fuck was going on. One of those friends, Zina Tolstoy, once played a waltz on the piano in front of Anna, who immediately broke down in tears. When Zena stopped playing and asked what was wrong, Anna said that she remembered the song. And then Zena just broke down in tears too because it was a waltz that her brother had written and had played many times for the Romanov kids. Whoa. Princess Irene of Prussia, the Tsarina Alex's sister, refused to meet Anna for a long time. A long, long time. She finally agreed to meet her for dinner, but only under an assumed name. So Irene sat across from Anna during dinner when all of a sudden, without warning, Anna ran away. Irene followed her and started interrogating her, like yelling questions at her. But Anna stopped speaking. That's what Anna does. Like, I think when she gets like cornered, she just like gets a little like catatonic. Right. So she stopped speaking and Irene left upset and forbade anyone to bring up Anastasia or Anna ever again. For her part, Anna later tried to explain to her supporters what happened at this dinner. She said that she had recognized Irene's voice, but said that since she hadn't seen her for well over a decade, she was having trouble placing the face. And when she finally did place the voice in the face of her aunt Irene together, she became overwhelmed with sadness and anger that Irene had showed up under false pretenses to test her and not to welcome her back with open arms. Huh. 
Anna spent most of the 1920s like this, going from house to house of wealthy believers and royals, uh, people who kind of were interested in her claims and believed her. Yeah. The more people she met with connections to the Romanovs, the more people she convinced that she was the real deal. But on the flip side, plenty of people were convinced that she was a fraud. The son of Yevgeny Botkin, the family's doctor, who was also assassinated in that basement with them, was a playmate of Anastasia's. When he met her, she brought up, I feel like that was unclear. The doctor was assassinated in the basement. Right, not the son. Not the son, yeah. So when the son met her she brought up that he used to doodle little animals for her when they were kids and that was it for him he was like fucking sold because he used to do that fucking every kid did that (laughs) but for your little friend oh that's true right like he used to do it for her like give her pass her little notes of little animals so anyway he called her a lawyer see the czar and the czarina were obviously very wealthy people and of course their next of kin were set to inherit a lot of money right even if most of Nikki's estate was lost to the revolution, Alex was fucking Queen Victoria's favorite, favorite granddaughter. granddaughter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she still had plenty of money. So in 1928, Anna's lawyer, Edward Fallows, went to work with the eventual goal of filing a petition in German court to name her the Grand Duchess Anastasia. Damn. The court case is actually the longest running case in German history. Wow. It went on for 32 years. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. That sounds awful. During those three plus decades, the next closest Romanov relatives fought tooth and nail to prove that Anna wasn't who she said she was. Right. But all the evidence from the court appo- court appointed experts kept going Anna's way. A world-renowned handwriting expert, the same dude that authenticated Anne Frank's diary, oh, said, shit. said that Anna's writing was identical to Anastasia's. She had a scar where Anastasia had had a mole removed. She had bunions, just like Anastasia. Oh. <laughs> That's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> right? Anastasia's just like shit coming Can out. Can we keep this shit to ourselves? <laughs> a famous anthropologist said, based on photographs of, of Anastasia, quote, such coincidence between two human faces is not possible unless they are the same person or identical twins. Damn. Psychologists said that Anna was completely sane, not mentally ill, and that it was po- it and that it except was, for it, that one little stint in the mental in hospital, the, right? Yeah, all right. <laughs> and that it was impossible for her to know so many small personal details anyway without having lived them. But there was one big piece of evidence that went against Anna. A Berlin newspaper did this whole investigation that determined that Anna was, in fact, a Polish woman named Franziska Skanaskowska. (laughs) Franziska was injured really badly in an explosion in a factory where she used to work and declared legally insane and disappeared shortly thereafter. This happened not long before Anna jumped off that bridge in Berlin. Right. The explosion could explain the scars Anna had all over her body, which her believers were attributing to the melee of bullets and bayonets in the basement. Francisca's brother signed an affidavit swearing that Anna looked like his sister. But then it came out that the whole Francisca investigation was financed by the Sarina Alex's brother, who obviously would stand to profit if Anna turned out not to be Anastasia. But years later... Hitler, because we know he loved fucking drama. Yeah. 
Hitler alert. There's what? anybody that loves drama. <laughs> this Hitler. motherfucker. He could be in the drama club. Hey, Ew, just no, kidding. <laughs> anyway, he was apparently obsessed with this story. Uh-huh. Like, it was, like, his pet peeve. Like, I mean, if, imagine if you're alive and this story is going right. on. I mean, we would be obsessed with this shit, we too. Would be talk- it would be in our hot topics, for sure. Every fucking time, <laughs> yeah. So, he was obsessed with this story, and he had the Nazis arrange it so that Anna could go meet Francisca's whole-ass family. Holy shit. And they again claimed to recognize her. But they refused to go so far as to sign any documents. Okay. L- like, they're like, we're pretty sure, but, like... Nah, we ain't signing nothing. But they're like, you never know, sort of thing, you know? Yeah. In 1970, the German Supreme Court ruled that neither side had proven anything. (laughs) 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 Imagine you go on for 30 years and, oh, God. And it was like, shrug. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, So that was sort of that. In 1978, she said in an interview, quote, how shall I tell you who I am? In which way? Can you tell me that? Can you prove to me who you are? Which, I mean, she's, I get it. Like, how do you prove, like, I am who I say, you know? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Want to get existential there? Right. <laughs> am I, I who I, I, I am? I think, therefore, I am Anastasia. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, between 1929 and 1983, Anna lived a crazy life. She moved to New York for a little bit. And became an it girl. Of course. <laughs> then she killed her pet parakeet and ended up in and out of mental hospitals. Uh-huh. Also, of course. <laughs> she ran naked. Those experts <laughs> that testified at trial on her behalf saying she's like completely saying I'm nobody saying. is those guys. Yeah. <laughs> she ran naked on the roof of the house she was living in. And oh, she got been there before. <laughs> <laughs> she then she moved back to Germany. She became a recluse. She moved back to the States. Married the super rich dude. Hell yeah. They both became hoarders. Hell yeah. She she ended up in an institution. Her husband then kidnapped her. (gasps) They went on the run for three days until the cops found them. Like 13 states were put on alert. Like, look look out for Anastasia. She was on the run. Oh my gosh. 1984, Anna died. Aw. She'd spent the final 64 years of her life repeating the same story, never wavering. She'd convinced experts, Romanoff family and friends, and of course invited a whole world of skeptics to doubt and challenge her story. Her story inspired countless retellings from stage to screen and beyond. Ingrid Bergman won an Oscar in 1956 Anastasia for playing Anna Koreff, a character inspired by Anna Anderson. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's the 1997 animated film with Meg Hell Ryan yeah. in Hell the role of yeah. Anna, America's sweetheart right there. Hell yeah. I was just thinking, man, I could, is that shit on Disney Plus, you think? It's not a Disney movie, I don't think. It's not? But no. they own the rights to a bunch of uh, cartoons, even if they're not Disney. And you know, I haven't seen that movie since I was a kid, but Me I either see it come up. People say it's one of the most underrated and best animated films. It's so good, man. I want to watch it. So I want to watch it it's again. It's Fox, too. actually. Yeah, it's Fox, right? I thought wow. so. Yeah. I think that that's why people kind of brush it off and don't remember yeah. it because, you yeah, know, because Fox doesn't do that. Right. They don't make fucking. Yeah. They don't have the Disney machine behind them either, you know. Right. Yeah. So I, I do want to watch that movie. In 1991, the remains of five people were found in the Russian forest and were identified via DNA as the bodies of Nikki, Alex <laughs> and three of their children. But how about this? The bodies of. Alexi and one of his sisters were missing. Ooh. 
But the DNA of the bodies, which were checked against samples from the British royal family, was also checked against Anna's DNA. And surprise, you are not the father. The DNA (laughs) did not match. But it did match the DNA of one Carl Malker, the great-grandnephew of Francisca Skaniskowska. The Polish girl. Uh Uh-huh. So that was the end of Anna's story and the end of a 70-plus year of mystery. Except what happened to the two missing Romanov children? Right. We'll never know. Maybe they really did get away. Maybe she went to Poland. (laughs) Well, in 2007, almost 90 years after the Romanov family was killed, the final two bodies were found. Alexei and one of his sisters, either Maria or Anastasia, it's hard to say which one, obviously, so the wish that at least one or both of the kids had miraculously escaped their murderers turned out to be a fairy tale all along. Aww. The first five bodies were given a state burial with honors and interred with several other monarchs in Peter and Paul Cathedral in St. Petersburg. The last two bodies have, to my knowledge, at least not as of a few years ago, not been laid to rest with the rest of the family. But the Russian Orthodox Church considers them all to be martyrs and have taken steps to canonize them. Oh, wow. And that's the story of the end of the House of Romanov. That's crazy, man. I love it. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> yeah, that's so good. <laughs> what a fucking flex. Hey. <laughs> a scammer for a lifetime. But you know what? <laughs> she was sick, so she probably thought she was her. I think that if you're in distress, you don't know who you are or where you came from, and then right. someone puts it in your head, oh, that this you is are? you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you're just like, it is me, you know? Right. I don't yeah. think she was scamming. I really I don't. don't. Either. Yeah. Yeah. No. I think she was sick. I think she really believed that shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel bad for her. But she, <laughs> she I mean, she milked that shit. She did. Good for her. Yeah. And she became a hoarder. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's what's up. Ah, well, guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. This has been El Club de Drama. Hey. Hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Drama Club Pod, on the website dramaclubpod.com. On the hotline, 505-539-0556 at our P.O. Box, P.O. Box number 27433 LACA90027. Leave us a tip on our website if you're enjoying this quarantine entertainment. And we'll and... talk to you on Thursday for a real-ass episode. Bye. Bye. However, whatever with your helmet.